Hey there, friends. It's Jill here in the pickle jar. And thank you so much for joining me today. I'm going to share with you some of the top things that I personally put into place to manage and prevent an adrenal crisis. And I'm also going to share with you some of the lifestyle tips that I work on, on, you know, maintaining my health as best as possible, because I truly believe um, how we gauge our quality of life is, has a direct reflection on, you know, our risk of an adrenal crisis. So, um, but before we get to that, um, I want to share with you my adrenal crisis kit that I've put together. Um, now this kit is, um, has come together because I, again, I truly believe, you know, you're going to hear it all through the presentation and all through my other episodes. I truly believe, you know, the power that we have in controlling the things that we can control in our wellness. And when we tap into that power, we, we can manage this illness a lot better. And part of that for me is um, being, again, being prepared for an adrenal crisis. And again, that's the focus of this episode. So one thing I've put together with Team Addison Canada, and you can follow that on Facebook as well too, if you like, um, from some of the generous um, donation dollars that we've got, I put together these documents because I believe, again, this is up to us. We need to be empowered in our own wellness. We need to, it's a lot of work. We need to take those steps all the time and, and build a strong foundation for ourselves to take care of ourselves if we want quality of life. And part of that, again, it's being prepared. So what I've put together now, these kits, if you're in Canada, these are free in Canada. I ship them out for free. Um, again, from the gracious donation dollars that we receive for Team Addison Canada. You can go to my website, chronicallyfitcanada.com, and you can find out all the information there. Um, outside of Canada, it's just shipping fees, okay? It's simply shipping fees and all the information's on the website. But let me show you, if you're watching on YouTube, um, you'll be able to see firsthand exactly um, what's included. There's two four by six magnets. One shows the signs and symptoms of an adrenal crisis. The other one has um, spaces where you can write your medical information and you can put that on a fridge. So someone could grab it if they need to, or if EMS or someone comes into, um, into your home, it'll be very visible for them. There's small fridge magnets that say call 911, okay? Adrenal crisis. There's business size card ones that you can put inside your wallet. Okay, nice bright red. You can put some information on the back as well with emergency contacts. Um, and all of these, like I said, you can take this, you can make your own if you like, feel free. I have these cards that I made up. Okay, so I have these inside of my kitchen cupboards. You can put them in your hospital bags, all kinds of different places where, you know, the most relevant, important information is, is there for, for help when you need it. Okay. And then recently I created, cause I wanted something a little bit more general. Um, so I've been using these at my workplace. They could be used for a school, um, information and a doctor's office, anything like that. It's an eight and a half by 11. There we go. Um, sheet on information about adrenal crisis, signs and symptoms, Three steps, call emergency, get an emergency injection, go to the hospital, stressing that it's immediate response is needed and that it's a serious medical condition. Very, very serious and optional on the back. You can fill out, again, personal information if you choose to. Uh, my work in the lunchroom, we have one of these posted and we've written on the bottom, you know, important information on back. So they all know this is in regards to me. And if for some reason I'm not well, they know to grab this and to take it with me to the hospital. So 
So again, you can go to my website, chronicallyfitcanada.com to find out some more information about that. You can go to my YouTube channel to watch this presentation. So I'm actually going to read to you the presentation. Um, I have a little slideshow that I just put together. And please, if you go and watch that, please please bear with me because I'm, I'm a complete amateur at this and I am learning as I go. So, um, but you can go and you can watch that slideshow. You can um, go to my website and, and download it if you like as well. Um, but I'm going to be reading it to you today, exact same information. Um, but one thing I do ask, if you happen to go to my YouTube channel, um, I'm still learning about all this stuff and how things work, but if you could please subscribe, that's super important to me um, for a lot of reasons. And, but the biggest reason is, is I think the more subscribers I get, it's going to put me in the logarithms better. And when I'm in the logarithms better, people can find these videos. So if you find, you know, these useful at all, if you appreciate anything that I'm doing here, please do that. Please subscribe. Please just take, you know, the minute or two it takes to do that. You get notifications if I, I post a new video. Um, but and then comment on the videos, because if you comment on, you know, if you got a tip or an idea from something, it's going to help somebody else find that as well. OK, and that's why I'm doing this so that we can all connect and we can all be safer. OK. We all just need to be as safe as possible. And we need to get this information out there. So so if you could do that, I'd really appreciate it. So let's get to the info. The presentation now. So like I said, I'm just going to read to you the presentation. Um, so um, I will do my best. <laughs> okay. Um, I truly believe in the power of knowledge and education and managing life with Addison's disease or adrenal insufficiency. I hope this information provides you with a stepping stone in your knowledge of living life with adrenal insufficiency. I also hope it educates others about adrenal insufficiency and adrenal crisis situations. So what are we going to be talking about? I'm going to give you my personal top 10 adrenal crisis tips. Some of the things I experience in low cortisol, some lifestyle tips that I do to, again, to maintain my quality of life, um, some personal product recommendations that I really like that I have found useful, and then give you some resources as well. So living with a rare life-threatening illness, it is essential to be prepared in the unfortunate situation of an emergency. It is my responsibility to be proactive in my own health and wellness, and I hope this and I hope this guide helps you on your journey. Thank you for inviting me on this journey with you. So first of all, let me kind of officially introduce myself if you don't know a lot about me. Um, my name is Jill and I'm a mother of three adult children. I live in a small town in Southern Ontario, Canada. I have lived with adrenal insufficiency or primary Addison's disease since 2011 when I was diagnosed at the age of 35. I was diagnosed six years following the death of my father from adrenal crisis, who also lived with Addison's disease. Since my diagnosis, I've had a lot of ups and downs as I've learned to manage my illness. I now use a subcutaneous infusion pump, originally designed for diabetics and insulin, to supply my body with life-sustaining hydrocortisone. I, and I use this 24 hours a day. Along this journey, I have discovered unconditional love and deepened my passion to help others feel empowered in their own health. I've had a unique journey in life that has given me a perspective that has inspired my passion for advocating for people with Addison's disease. I vowed to have the best quality of life and fight back against this debilitating disease. Education and advocacy are the key to the quality of life with this illness, and there is little support for people living with Addison's disease. I hope you find my journey educational and insp inspirational, but what I am not. I'm a mother, daughter, sister, friend, and an Addison's disease warrior but I'm not an endocrinologist, a doctor, nurse, or a medical professional of any type. The information is in this guide is to simply 
pre is, is presented to you the best of my ability and current knowledge. Please use it accordingly and consult your medical team for advice. Okay, so let's review what is Addison's disease. Addison's disease, also called adrenal insufficiency, is a rare life-threatening autoimmune disorder that occurs when the adrenal glands located just above the kidneys do not produce sufficient quantities of life-sustaining hormones, mainly cortisol and aldosterone. Individuals living with Addison's disease are dependent on replacement medication for the rest of their lives for survival. These are two essential there are two essential hormones, mainly cortisol and aldosterone, that are replaced. Both of these hormones are no longer produced by the adrenal glands and are responsible for vital life functions. Without adequate replacement of either of these hormones, a life-threatening adrenal crisis may occur and potentially lead to death. So what is an adrenal crisis? An adrenal crisis is a life-threatening and dangerous event for someone with Addison's disease or adrenal insufficiency. It can be fatal if a person cannot maintain cortisol levels and if it's not treated immediately. It can lead to seizures, shock, and death. Every crisis situation needs to be taken seriously with immediate action to ensure survival. An emergency injection of hydrocortisone is administered to the individual in the thigh and an adrenal crisis could occur for numerous reasons, including illness, injury, injury, and physical and emotional stress. An adrenal crisis requires immediate medical attention with an emergency injection. So what are some of the signs of an adrenal crisis? Um, so one thing that's really, really important to know is that not all symptoms might be present in any situation. You need to act quickly and seek medical attention. If you know someone has adrenal insufficiency and there appears to be something wrong with them, when in doubt, it's a crisis. Assume a crisis, okay? Um, please just as assume a crisis, okay? It's very important. I always say to people, you know, you can't, hurt me by giving me my medication. You can't hurt me by giving me my hydrocortisone, but you can kill me by not giving me my hydrocortisone. Okay. It's very important. So what are some of the signs? Um, nausea, vomiting, diarrhea, behavioral changes. That's a big one for me. Um, confusion, difficulty speaking, pale, cold, clammy skin, shivering, um, rapid pulse and breathing, um, pain in the back, abdomen, flank, or legs. Um, headache, dizziness, lethargy, low blood pressure, or high blood pressure. I experience high blood pressure in my crisis situations. Low blood sugar, fever, seizure. When do you perform an injection? Every potential crisis situation is different and needs to be quickly assessed if an injection is required. Every potential crisis needs to be taken seriously, assess quickly, and then call for medical assistance. Um, one crisis tip that I loved, I got this, I think, from the self-help group of the, from the UK, from a YouTube video that I watched, is if you're not sure, if you're not feeling well, and you're not at the point yet where you feel like you need to inject, um, one thing you can do is you can prepare your syringe, label it, and put it in your fridge. So you want to label it with the date so that you know if it's expired that you can dispose of it. Um, but then that way you're, because if you all of a sudden get very weak and get very confused, you know, preparing a syringe might be almost impossible and you might have to wait for someone to come in to do that for you. So um, if it's already prepared, so either for yourself or for your advocates, you are ready, you're being proactive. So I think that's a great tip to keep in mind. So now let's get to some of the things that I have done personally to um, 
my top tips on, on adrenal crisis. So again, I truly believe it is my responsibility to take the steps I need to, to prevent an adrenal crisis. Time is of the essence in a crisis situation. And the better prepared I am, the faster I will receive the medical care I am in need of. Being prepared is not only essential for the best possible outcome of my crisis, but also to help myself and my advocates to communicate my needs in a stressful situation. An adrenal crisis is a life-threatening situation and every time needs to be taken seriously. People living with Addison's disease often lack the support they need from the medical community to help them in this matter. The following are some tips and ideas that I use to to help me prevent a crisis and be as prepared as possible if I experience an adrenal crisis. I hope this information from my personal experience helps you to be as prepared as you can be in a crisis situation. Okay, so uh, number one is you need that injection kit. If you do not have one, you need to get yourself an emergency injection kit. And if you have a medical team that's resistant on that, you need to somehow get, you know, either change your medical team or you need to get, um, some information to show why you need one. And I mentioned the self-help group of the UK, Google them. Absolutely amazing. I'm actually going to do a little, you know, episode just promoting them because they are key. They are an amazing resource for us and they have wonderful documents there. So please go there, print off their information, take that to your doctor and say, see, I need this kit and this is why. Okay. So your injection kit, for me personally, I have them in multiple locations. So I'm encouraging you to think outside of the box. Where would you be and possibly need an injection? You know, are you out in your garage a lot? Um, you know, do you have activities that you do, places that you frequent? Um, if you're not going to be carrying it on you, um, where should it be for your safety? So I have things in my vehicle, my purse, my garage, in home, at work, multiple places in my home. I have, you know, one at my bedside. I have one in my bathroom because if we're not feeling well, um, especially if you live alone, if you're not feeling well, you're more likely to go to the bathroom first and you want to be prepared um, that that kid is close by if you need it. Okay. Um, what should you have in your injection kit? You should have instructions on how to use it. Um, medical information, your personal medical information, um, you know, your vials of solucortef, you know, wipes, band-aids, you know, whatever you can think of, you need to make sure you have the essentials in there, the syringes and have multiples of things in case something happens. Okay. So that you have a backup, um, and having a letter from a personal letter from your, your doctor or your endocrinologist or someone giving specific instructions would be, you know, essential as well. Okay. Um, and then once you have that kit, we need to practice with that kit. So there's lots of videos and different things like that. I've done some videos on my YouTube channel. You can go there where you can watch videos on how to practice with them. Um, I've personally never had to inject myself, but I have practiced with it. So you can use an orange and you do like a dart light motion. And that sensation of when that syringe goes into the orange, I have been told, like I said, I've never had to do an injection on myself is very similar to what it feels like when it goes into the skin. Okay. Um, you can use expired vials if you have them, hopefully that you can practice with. Um, but if not, you can even just, you know, just practice step-by-step, -step, read the instructions, get familiar with it. Okay. Um, <clears throat> number three, make sure you have yourself identified, um, with your medical condition, you know, have a medical re alert bracelet of some sort, please. That is so important. You need to, this is your life. Okay. And just simply having a bracelet on your wrist to hopefully, you know, if you're not feeling well or something happens, 
to alert someone that you need some extra care and that you need it quickly. Okay. Um, I have a great company at the end product that I'm going to recommend. I use road ID and, um, I just love, I can print all kinds of stuff on them. It's roadid.com and um, highly recommend them, but find whatever works for you in your area and whatever you feel comfortable with, okay? Um, bedside pharmacy. I absolutely love my bedside pharmacy. Okay, so I have beside my bed, I have everything that I need for a crisis. I have my kit, I have electrolytes, I have a, my blood pressure monitor, I have an O2 reader, um, I have Tylenol, I have extra hydrocortisone tablets. Um, I have a whistle. Okay. I love this. This was a tip that I got from one of the listeners was to put a whistle. So in the event I wake up and I'm not well, I can whistle for help. Okay. I, I at least have an option, right? So, um, anti-nausea medication, what else can you put? All kinds of different things. That's pretty much the main stuff. So whatever works for you. And one thing I really like, I just, you know, I keep the basics beside my bed. And then, so if I'm not waking, if I'm waking up and I'm not feeling well, even if I have a headache, it takes stress off of me because I can just roll over in bed, take my towel and I'll roll back, back to sleep. And, and it's been a great quality of life for me. Cause if I'm not feeling well with my Addison's and now I got to get out of bed and I have to go downstairs, I have to turn the lights on. It just adds to the stress and adds to the fatigue. So, um, bedside pharmacy, absolutely love it. Okay. Um, hospital bag. Um, have yourself a hospital bag prepared. This again has come in so handy for me. I've had to go to the hospital, you know, recently. And it was, you know, it was, I told the kids like, just grab the bag. You know, we just have to grab the bag. We know mom's pretty much prepared. There's like 99% of everything that I need in there. And I believe when we show up in the ER and we look serious, when I show up with that bag, I have all my information. I look like, I look like I'm moving in for three days. They know I mean business. Okay. So what do I have in my, my hospital bag? So I have everything essential to deal with an adrenal crisis. I have an emergency injection kit. I have the instructions. I have my medical information. I have my emergency contact details. I have phone chargers, snacks. I have a salt shaker. Got to go with that salt shaker. Anti-nausea medication. I have extra oral medication. I use the infusion pump. So I have extra pump supplies in case my pump runs out. I have labeled my bag with my name so that if my bag gets away from me, it can find me again. I have a whistle on that bag. I took that whistle tip and I put it on my bag. So if I'm in the hospital and they leave me alone, you, you guarantee this girl's going to be blowing her whistle. Okay. I'm going to be annoying everybody. And I'm going to be using that whistle. Okay. Um, a letter from your medical team. I know some people that put, um, you know, good luck charms, little things like that. Anything that you think you're going to need learn from every situation. Did you go to, you know, the hospital, you know, a while ago or something happened? What did you need in that trip? Get it in your bag. Okay. Get it in your bag. Okay. Be ready to go. Um, we have first aid kits in this house. Um, and in these first aid kits, you know, we have those because if I get injured, I want to deal with that injury as best as possible and as quickly as possible to take as much stress off my body. And again, prevent that adrenal crisis. So hopefully I can get to the hospital. Um, and then one thing I want to mention too, one thing I keep in my hospital bag too, as well, it's a winter hat. Um, I get very cold in a crisis situation. So if I can put a winter hat on, it helps regulate my body temperature and um, take some stress off. So it means I burn less cortisol and cortisol goes to the important stuff. Okay. Um, number seven you can do is contact your local emergency personnel and find out 
if there's anything that you can put into place to flag your residents so that when they, if you call for help, they know what they're coming into and how to respond. And is there any information? Is there a way that you guys can work together so that they are prepared as well? Um, you know, sometimes it's even, you know, you can, I know here we can flag our, our residences so that they know where the key is to be found. They know if you have a pet, they know, you know, that way they don't have to break your door down. Okay. They know where to find my emergency information. You know, it's in the closet, it's here, it's there so that they know exactly what's going on because we know again, time is of the essence. Okay. Um, adrenal crisis awareness indicators that alert people again this kind of goes with the the medical alert bracelet but things outside of that how can you alert alert pe um, people about your illness so again i mentioned in the adrenal crisis kits we got magnets we got stickers sticker on the door there's a sticker on my vehicle um seat belt covers you can put a seat belt cover on put your medical information in there things at work whatever you're comfortable with this is your life okay this is your life I believe, you know, I'm an open book. Obviously, obviously I'm an open book. Here I am on the pickle jar podcast. So, um, you know, I truly believe, you know, people are going to take it or leave it. So I put the information out there and what I've experienced is there's more people that want to take it. They want to know, they want to know if there's something wrong with you, they want to be able to help, but it's up to us to get that information out there for them. Okay. So identify yourself with phone apps, medical alerts, seatbelt covers, stickers, magnets, Whatever documents you can get your hands on, have it places tucked here and there so that there's so much information to follow you. Um, it's going to make a difference for you, okay? And for me personally, having all those things in place just makes me feel more confident in living my life. So if something happens, I'm not stressed about having to deal with it in that situation. I'm not stressed for my advocates to have to deal with it. I know we are gonna do you know, the best that we can and, you know, and I've stressed to my children, like, you know, I'm doing the best that I can. So they know the risk. They know the risk that they know how serious this is. I haven't hid this from them. Um, because I know one day I might go and not come back. And, you know, I'm trying to be as responsible for their mental health in the future as I can be. And I want them to know that I did the best I could, you know, I did the best I could for you. And I don't want them to feel like, what if, what, what could I have done for mom? Is there something we should have done different? Um, okay, I'm kind of getting off topic here. Because my dad, you know, he was 56. And he had Addison's disease since he was about 22. And uh, we were that, you know, he managed quite well all those years. Very well. He never had a crisis till the end. And, um, you know, the medical community did not educate us. They did not tell us um, about adrenal crisis. We did not have things in place. And he had, he had surgery and, you know, things kind of fell apart. And he went into a major crisis and never came out. And we weren't educated. There are so many things that we could have done differently. Maybe we could have saved him. We don't know. But, you know, I'm using that situation now to be prepared. And I don't want my kids to have to live with that if I don't come home. I want them to know we did everything we can. And that's okay. Because mom, mom told us that's okay. Because she tried her best. And that we all tried our best. Um, 
So now let's get to um, um, number nine, which is educating and advocating for yourself, which again, if you're listening to that, this, this is part of it. Okay. This is part of educating and advocating yourself. I hope so. Find whatever resources you can keep diving into the information and find what's relevant for you right now. Educate yourself as best as possible about adrenal insufficiency. Understand the body's response to low cortisol and how medication is metabolized um, may be beneficial. Learn all these things. Tap into your pharmacist and all these people that there are people out there that got into this profession that truly want to help. They want to take the time with you. We just need to find them. And even with that too, is advocating is finding the people in your life that have certain roles. Everybody has a role. Everybody wants to feel validated and useful in their, in their world and find those, those special skills that people have for you that, that want to give back to you that, um, you know, don't, don't force somebody in a role that they're not naturally, you know, gifted at find what they're gifted at and let them support you that way and vice versa. Okay. Um, ensure, ensure your family. So communicate again, like I said, with my kids, you know, we're doing the best that we can. This is what we do. Grab the hospital bag. They know all these things. Communicate with those advocates so that they know what to do in a situation. You're going to take their stress away too a little bit. They're going to be more comfortable and more confident as well. Um, and always getting, if you can get a personal letter from your medical team, a team that is, is very helpful as well to give specific instructions on what you could do for your situation, your personal situation. Okay. And number 10 is one of my favorite it's prevention and it's lifestyle. I am a preacher of this through and through. If you go to my website, you'll see I've been in the fitness industry for 18 years before Addison's disease. And I really think, you know, having that lifestyle when I was getting ill, I think, I think personally saved my life. So maintaining a healthy lifestyle through physical activity and nutritional and mental health will help improve disease management and minimize the risk of an adrenal crisis. You want to make required and appropriate lifestyle changes for illness management. Okay. So now let's talk some low cortisol symptoms. Um, with the help of my medical team, I have an approach medically based on my personal needs to manage my low cortisol symptoms. Being proactive and quickly managing my low cortisol symptoms will help minimize the risk of a life-threatening adrenal crisis. So you need to open up that conversation with your medical team saying, you know what, this is when I feel low. This, I don't feel well. This is my adrenal insufficiency. What do I do about it? How do I updose? Again, go to that self-help group at the UK. Um, they have a great book as well where, you know, they talk about updosing and, and adjusting your meds and how important that is, okay? Um, so since diagnosis, I've experienced two major adrenal crises. Neither were the result of physical trauma or illness. They're both attributed to long emotional and physical exhaustion. They were experienced suddenly and without warning. Every time I experience low cortisol symptoms, it is presented differently by my body. I need to assess each experience individually and listen to my body. Low cortisol symptoms I often experience. I get irritable. I get moody. I cry a lot. <laughs> um, I increase my anxiety levels increase. That's probably one of the first ones. I get flesh cheek. Um, I can even, the hyperpigmentation can start to return to my skin. That usually happens if I've been low over several days. You can see my skin start to darken again. I get highly sensitive to sound and touch. I get high blood pressure. Um, in extreme situations, I will experience abdominal and back pain. That's when I'm closer to a crisis. <laughs> Sugar and salt cravings. Salt cravings all day, every day, but 
<laughs> they get extreme in a crisis situation, lack of physical strength, overall weakness, sluggishness, heavy legs, loss of coordination, difficult balancing, extreme sleepiness, difficult waking up, sleeping in one position for extensive period of time. I will go to bed at 10 o'clock at night and wake up at six o'clock in the morning, pretty much in the same position. And I know um, it's a sign that my cortisol has been running low. Okay. Um, I get a cold body temperature. So again, I mentioned the winter hat thing, um, difficulty concentrating, brain fog, poor memory, overall feeling of emptiness and feeling disconnected. Um, these, these are the hard ones. Um, and extreme situations, suicidal thoughts. Um, so again, every time it's different, I wish there was a pattern that I could say, um, but they're not. And I personally experience these multiple times, you know, throughout the week, pretty much every day we can feel those dips where we kind of, you go low cortisol and then, you know, the medication changes or you take your meds and then you pull out of it and you kind of, it's like a swinging pendulum. Sometimes you're back and forth all the time and it's trying to keep it swinging, you know, in the positive direction and not so much on the other side it's it's really it's it's a really hard dance to make with yourself there's no doubt about that so um lifestyle tips that i do personally to take care of myself i work so hard at doing the best i can to take care of my health okay um i truly believe in tapping into the things that i can control and that is first of all it's my nutrition Okay. I got to be game on that nutrition as best as I can. Um, I exercise as much as I can because that's obviously a challenge because it affects my cortisol levels, but it also makes me feel good. And I need to keep those, that body strong. Cause when we're not well and we're not moving, you know, we're going to decrease that muscle mass pretty quick and that's going to affect how we feel. So I believe I call it taking out the static. So we have to try to maintain that strength we need to maintain nutritionally to give our body fuel. And then we have to work on our mental health because mental stress for me drains my cortisol very quickly. Okay. So I've learned to control my anxiety levels. So, or I'm work, let me say I'm working on controlling my anxiety levels. Okay. My journey with Addison's disease is continuously changing and evolving. I'm always learning to maneuver around this illness and improve my management. I've I have learned I have more things I can control for my well-being than I cannot control. In addition to the information in this guide, below are some lifestyle changes I am doing to improve my quality of life, manage my life with Addison's disease, and be proactively and proactively minimize my risk of an adrenal crisis. My body fights hard every day, and it deserves for me to give it what it needs for survival. So medically, what I'm doing? Okay, so medically, I. I have worked and there's videos and episodes and everything on the subcutaneous pump. Um, I've been on the pump for six years now. So I worked really hard on getting in the pump. And when I was on tablets and when I was on the pump, it wasn't just, here's the answer, take it. I was like, okay, here's the starting point. I'm at the start of the race. So how am I going to improve it? So how am I going to improve those tablets? I did my research, talked to my doctors, we improved it. And then we went to the pump. And then once I was on the pump, well, that was better. Well, how am I going to improve that? We adjust the dose and we work with it to make it the best it can to suit my lifestyle. So it's not just, here's the answer. It was, here's part of the answer and let's, you know, kind of expand and build and grow from there. So um, I go for routine medical visits with my medical team. So even if 
I don't think I'm going to need the appointment. I book the appointment. I can always cancel. There's always something to talk about. So I always go in. I got that routine blood work. I have everything. I stay on that religiously. Okay. All the time I'm going. Okay. Um, I go for routine blood work. So I actually have a standing order with my family doctor that if I choose to, I can go for weekly blood work for my electrolyte. So if I'm not feeling well, I can, you know, I can pop in and I, you know, access the resources we have in here in Canada where I can actually access my lab results online. I can read my lab work, see if my potassium's high, see what's going on. Is there a concern to get to the ER or, you know, get in sooner to see my doctor kind of thing. So, okay. Um, again, and I mentioned, I use these resources for lab results, my MRIs, my x-rays. So again, I'm serious. I show up at these doctor's appointments sometimes before they have the reports, I have the reports and I'm showing up with copies for them highlighted with the words. <laughs> I don't understand this. I don't understand this questions here. What about this? And it makes the appointments go, um, again, I think they respect me more because they know I'm organized and I'm putting the effort towards my wellness and um, I get more out of the appointments. Okay. Because I'm going in already knowing the focus I want to talk about and it decreases my anxiety because I want these answers. I want to understand. I want to make sure everything's covered and um, we get more in those appointment times done. They go by faster. Okay. They're shorter appointments. We probably get double the information in, in a shorter period of time. Okay. Um, I've been going for the last several months for medically supervised IV treatments. So again, there's videos on that as well, but I go weekly and I get um, an IV treatment of Ringer's lactate solution, which has really helped my quality of life. And again, I feel better. I have less salt cravings, sugar cravings, you know, for days after that, that's helping me not be as dehydrated um, all the time. It's giving my body a little bit of a break. And again, I can feel my quality of life is better. So if my quality of life feels better. My Addison's is better. Okay. I'm managing better. So I'm farther away from a crisis, whatever's going on in my body. I'm giving my body, I think an opportunity to heal. The body is amazing. My body I'm sorry, if you take what we've all been through, and I know some of you are dealing with so much more um, through diagnosis, how many years our body fought? Think about that. Think about what your body can do. If your body can do that, it can push itself in the other direction, but we have to give it the tools to do it. Okay. And that's the food. That's the medication. That's the rest. That's all that stuff. Okay. Um, I also have um, my medical team I've built up over the, the last 12 years. I absolutely love. I have a chiropractor that, you know, is on the same wavelength as me. He's very proactive. He wants to help me. I'm an osteopath, a natural path. I have, you know, my family doctor, I've switched endocrinologists several times, finding the one that suits me the best. This is my life. And I'm just going to keep switching people until I find the people who want my quality of life as best as it can be. Okay. Um, and again, medically, Again, I need to be proactive with all these tips. I have to put all the, I have to put the effort in on my own and I need to learn my body's signals to low cortisol. Okay. I need to know what's going on. Again, I have to clear out the static. So I have to maintain my lifestyle as best as I can. So when I'm experiencing something, I know it's low cortisol. It's not because I haven't eaten 15 hours or um, I haven't slept properly or, you know, all those things that make you feel horrible you know, if I'm going to feel horrible, I want to know it's because of my Addison's disease, not because it's something I can, I can control on my own. Um, so nutrition, nutrition for me, if there's anything that you start to work on, if there's anything that you take away from this, 
Start loving yourself through nutrition. Start giving yourself the fuel to fight. Start eating as much non-processed foods as possible, as often as possible. The body uses a lot of calories every day. It takes a lot to maintain these machines, okay? So you need to fuel it with high quality foods, um, good nutrition throughout the day. It's not one, two meals a day. It's, you know, five, six meals a day. So I make sure I need to eat every three to four hours. That helps maintain my blood pressure, my blood sugar, makes me give me energy. I eat small meals as often as I can throughout the day, okay? You know, life is life. It's not perfect every day, but I do the best that I can. Um, I take appropriate nutritional supplements for my body. Um, I mentioned the processed foods. I need to eat the least amount of processed foods as possible and get out added sugar as much as possible as well. It just zaps my energy, okay? Um, my doctor actually thinks it causes inf inflammation in my body, okay? So inflammation, stress, cortisol goes down the tubes, okay? Um, so I'm always, I try to food prep as much as I can. I try to be as organized as I can. Um, I try to keep a clutter-free kitchen so that when I go in and I'm ha if I'm having a low cortisol day and I need to make myself something to eat, I can prepare a healthy meal quickly and easily. Um, I get really cool gadget, kitchen gadgets um, to help me prepare that food fast, which is great on a good day. And on a, on a low cortisol day, you know, it's, it's key because again, I have, I don't have the strength, but if I have something that can do it for me, it's, you know, it keeps me progressing as best as I can. Um, I eat pretty much gluten-free because I do find um, I'm a little bit irritated to that. And I find that a big factor for me as well. I learn proper portions. So if you can learn proper portions and just simply use starting that as a first step is huge. Just slowly cutting back on your portion sizes and making sure that you are eating properly, smaller plates, different things like that go a long way. You have a big plate, we fill it up. We have a smaller plate. We don't put so much food in it, but we eat, we'll, we'll eat both pl plates, you know, happily, no matter what, right? We'll, we're still satisfied with a smaller plate. Um, and again, you want to eat, you know, just always remember the 80, 20 rule, 80% of the time, you want to try and eat the best you can just 80% of the time. Okay. Just slowly put an effort towards it. And I know if you start eating more wholesome foods more frequently, you, you know, we have symptoms when we're not well, all of a sudden you're going to start getting these other symptoms, <laughs> these other signals from your body. When you start fueling your body wants good nutrition. Okay. Of course it does. Okay. Um, and when you start giving your body that again and high quality foods throughout the day, yes, you know, I've been in the wellness industry for 20 years. People always tell me, you know, I started doing what you said I'm eating. You know, I used to eat once or twice a day and I was never hungry. Now I'm eating like five, six times a day and I'm hungry all the time. That's what you're supposed to be. That means you're burning that fuel off and your body's asking for more. It means your metabolism up. If you weren't hungry eating twice a day, it's because you've slowed your metabolism down to, you know, eternal space. But if you're eating five, six times a day and you're actually hungry in between those meals, that's actually a good positive sign. Okay. So like um physical health. So I exercise as much as I can within my limits. Um, so find some activities that you can do. I always tell people find activities that make you feel happy. Um, so you know, life life can be your physical activity right now. Maybe it's cleaning out a closet. Okay, maybe that's something you wouldn't normally do, but that's still physical activity. You're lifting things, you're doing things. I'm going for a walk outside. Um, I have a stationary bike that I just, I love. So even on low cortisol days, I can do it super light. I can just move. Movement makes me feel good. Um, 
but I can do it within my limits. I do short spurts of exercise. So if you're just getting back into exercise, you know, because we have to watch those cortisol levels and be cautious, just start with small little bits, five, 10 minutes, different things like that. Do little things like that and build yourself up. Um, yoga for me has been essential at um, my mental health, building strength, teaching me how to breathe, decreasing my anxiety. Um, if you've never done yoga before, please give it a shot. Okay. Just, just give it a try. Quiet time goes a long ways. You can even, so you can go to my YouTube channel, Chronically Fit Canada. I'm a yoga instructor. I have some videos on there. Nice thing I like about YouTube is that you guys can, you know, you can find a video that you want to do. You can push play, you push pause, you can sit, you can watch it. There, there's no judgment. There's no expectation. Okay. You, you can do it really at your own pace. Um, I, I think I mentioned outdoors, get outdoors, just go sit outside. Sometimes that that'll help as well. Find new activities that works for you. Try and do as much strength training as you can, because we want to keep that body strong. Um, <clears throat> maintain a healthy body weight, work your way towards a healthy body weight. Um, there's correlations in how we feel, how our body breathes, the stress on our body about carrying, um, you know, excess body fat that that's just a fact. So you need to find out, you know, what that zone is for you and start to make progress into that healthy zone. Okay. Cause I guarantee you, it will help you feel better with your adrenal insufficiency. And I know, um, the challenge is it's the medication and it's, and it's everything. It's, I get tired and all those things. That's why we have to work at all these things bit by bit. And a little bit of everything. We got to get that medical team on board. We got to figure out how to deal with low cortisol. I crave sugar when my cortisol is low. And I tend to overeat more when I have low cortisol than high cortisol. Okay. So I know I usually gain weight on low cortisol. Okay. And it's because um, it's because I'm craving so much. I'm trying to, to balance myself out nutritionally. Okay. Um, and just regular routine. Okay. So I keep as much regular routine as I can. Because again, it helps balance for the medication as best as I can. Okay. Stress management. We want to get adequate rest. We want to have, I truly believe in having a positive mindset surrounded by people who emulate similar positive energy. Um, and that's one thing I love about this podcast that I have found so many people who are just, you know, proactive and positive about, you know, their lifestyle and the things that they control with their adrenal insufficiency. And I can just feel that energy building with us all as we communicate. So um, you want to develop stress management skills and learn to control stress response and unpleasant situations. So for me, that's been key, um, you know, doing things like counseling and different things like that. Get your toolbox all set up, have all the skills that you can. And if, you know, something happens in a situation, assess it and find out what, what can you do better next time? What do you need next time if that situation helps? Um, Adapt your lifestyle to minimize the risk of injury or illness. So obviously there are certain physical activities that, you know, perhaps I'd like to go skiing one day or something like that. You know, skiing's not, you know, top on my to-do list. So I choose not to do it because I'm not very skilled. If I hurt myself, I'm going for a crisis and that could be life-threatening for me. And that's just something I will find another way to enjoy a situation like that. Okay. There's always ways to maneuver around this. Okay. So set boundaries and listen to your body's needs. And that's being okay with saying no to things and, you know, maybe not going as long to a family function or 
missing out on something, it's so important to listen to your body and your needs. And I guarantee you, though, if you work on all these other things, again, your quality of life is going to be better and you're going to be able to do those things. Those boundaries are going to change as you start to heal. Um, purging unneeded things in my life and reduce the clutter. Um, clutter stresses me out. So the less clutter I have, I just maneuver through life a little bit better. And, um, and again, the less clutter I have and the more organized I am when I have low cortisol symptoms, I don't get frustrated as much as I can, um, in those situations. And then when I get frustrated and upset when my cortisol is low, um, it just drives my cortisol down even more. Um, and I already mentioned that the counseling and management skills and, you know, adapt your work environments, adapt everything that you need to, to suit you best. Okay. You are the priority here. So, um, when my cortisol is low, everyday tasks can be frustrating and sometimes feel impossible to complete. It only adds to my low cortisol symptoms when I'm frustrated and upset that everyday life feels impossible and some days unbearable. I'm always finding ways to simplify my life so I can put my energy into living. Here are a few hacks that I do that I love to help me in my life. So basically these hacks I use so that when I'm low, I don't have to worry about them. And when I'm not low, I can put things into maintaining my life. I can go and do things to enjoy life. Um, it's, it's, I really find all these little things add up, have added up for me. So just little things like I have an indoor and outdoor timer on my lights. Um, I have a lightweight garden hose and vacuum. So if my cortisol is low, I can still use these things and kind of, um, one thing that frustrates me so much is when my cortisol is low and everyone's like, oh, you know what, just, just relax for a couple of days and, you know, just kind of, you know, which is great. But, um, I see my household starting to fall apart and that creates anxiety for me. And then I know when I'm better, I got to put all this stuff back together and I have to get caught up on these things, which just makes my cortisol low. It's like, you know, a really bad cycle. So I'm trying to find ways that when I'm low, that kind of that little bit of a balance where I can keep doing things and not have things completely feel like it's falling apart on me. Um, I, I keep stock of extra household items, like at the dollar store, just little things um, because it's inexpensive. And, you know, just little things like baggies and foil and different things like that. So if I run out, I don't have to run out to get it. Okay. We're always prepared. Um, we always have travel salt shakers with us everywhere we go. Um, so that if mom's low in salt, you know, when in doubt it's buy the pickle jar and drink out of it in the parking lot or, you know, pre-diagnosis, it was pour the salt in the hand. And when we didn't know what the cravings were, it was pour the salt in the hand and lick it out of the hands. So, um, I haven't had to do that one in a while, but I most certainly will do that in any situation. <laughs> I can guarantee you that because that's how important it is. So, um, some products that I can recommend to you, um, you can go to my website, chronicallyfitcanada.com and I have, um, I have them listed there. Um, but you know, it's learning, you know, things, especially nutritionally, a good quality protein bar is really cool. Um, there's some on there. I like the Lara bar, the pure protein bar, RX bars. Um, there's a company in Canada called Daryl's. Daryl's bars, which I really love. They were developed by a man who's a type one diabetic and he wanted to develop a, like a granola bar that wouldn't spike his blood sugar. And they are very high quality products. So you want to get a high quality product. You want an electrolyte supplement. I like element. Um, I mentioned the road ID for my medical alert. So if you're watching on YouTube, 
I can show you. It's right here on my wrist. I think I want to get a new one. Um, but I have two metal bands and it's got, you know, my date of birth. It's got my name. It's got my contact information, my doctor's information. It says, do not, you know, do not remove the pump kind of things like that. They're, they're really great, but get whatever works for you. Uh, Stealth Bro and Co. They're a great company as well. Um, that they had these great little travel kits for emergency kits for needles and syringes and, and different things like that. And they're stylish. Okay. And then that way you don't look like, you know, the hospital's following you with you kind of thing. You don't feel so medical, um, and kind of stigmatized maybe a little bit or insecure. You might feel a little bit insecure about stuff like that, but they're, they're really cool. And you can check those out, but all those are listed, um, on my website as well. So, um, so some other resources that I've mentioned that you can do, you can, again, go to my website, chroniclyfitcanada.com, all kinds of stuff there. You can download some of this stuff there. Go to my YouTube channel, again, chroniclyfitcanada.com. And then when you're there, you are going to subscribe for me, please. You're going to subscribe and you are going to comment for me. Um, there's Team Addison's Canada. You can find us on Facebook as well. It's a nonprofit organization. And that's where all those amazing adrenal crisis kits have come from generous donations as well. So, um, but I hope you took away with you today, you know, some, you know, just take a couple things, start putting it in place, find what works for you. What, what do you need to change? Again, it is our responsibility to be proactive. Um, use your quality of life and how you are feeling. If you're not well, in my opinion, if I don't feel well, my meds aren't right. Okay. If I don't feel like me and I know, you know, sometimes I wonder what real me really still feels like. And, um, but if you don't feel well, then something's not right. Okay. But you need to also take, you know, it's not just always about the medication. It's about, it's about everything. So it's about the medication. It's about how you eat. It's about how you treat yourself. It's about how other people's treat you. Um, it's about your physical body. It's, you know, start, wherever you are and just start taking those little steps forward. And I guarantee you when you start taking those, and I say, you know, with my Addison's, I gotta take these little teeny tiny baby steps because I have to watch out for that cortisol, you know, <laughs> that cortisol freight train that's probably gonna run me over. So I got to be very cautious because I don't wanna create a situation either. But I know if you gently put these things in place, you are going to have better quality of life. And if I could recommend any place that you start with, it is, I personally would say it's nutrition and it's your mental health. It's learning if you have anxiety or anything like that. For me personally, those were the things that were game changers for me. So thank you again for joining me here in the pickle jar. And until next time, please be well, my pickles. <laughs>